0: Hello there! Welcome back to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha Hees, and him, Indy Randawa. How are you, Indy?
1: Oh, not nearly as peppy as you.
0: I am just really pushing it
1: today. You're all pepped up.
0: Yeah, it's very late, so I'm like trying to really go for it. There is no medium pep right now. <laughs> it's sleeping or extra pep.
1: I like it. Let's let's lean into it. Okay, perfect. I unfortunately have a medium, so I'm just sleepy. Oh. You can't tell, but I'm making a real sleepy face.
0: It's extremely sleepy. I can see it. Oh, oh, somebody put that baby to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. You should too is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. And we are so excited to have the opportunity to be on this wonderful network.
1: So today we are each going to give you a spoiler-free thing of the week, something we've been into lately, and then at the end, I will tell Samantha what we are watching for our big watch next week.
0: Ooh.
1: Oh, that sounded spooky.
0: Oh, I don't know. It,
1: it's We're getting close. It
0: feels kind of fallish, so just instantly I jumped to Halloween.
1: Yeah, and this is coming out. It's September now.
0: Yes. Happy back to school.
1: Oh, yeah. Luckily, I don't have to do that. No. Man, I spent too many years in school.
0: <laughs> I still love the like ritual of back to school. I always buy myself some new pens and like it's new daytimer timer time. So it, it feels like I'm getting ready for back to school, even though my job is 12 months a year and there is really no difference.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: You're just going to like mark the change of the season with pens.
1: And pumpkin spice stuff.
0: Oh, I'm so excited about pumpkin spice. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. I think we talked about this last year, how I I don't get it. It's tasty. It's not. Like, a lot of the time it is. But the pumpkin spice coffee, I don't think it is. I don't think coffee and pumpkin work well together. No. I think it's something we've all agreed upon that is just a harmless untruth that we all agree upon and it makes us happy. But in reality, coffee and pumpkin don't go well together. Interesting. And speaking of harmless untruths, maybe I should get into my thing of the week.
0: <laughs> Go for it.
1: So I rarely do novels as my thing of the week because I feel like I can't talk about them in without spoiling it or without getting into too much detail. Mm-hmm. But I recently started reading the works of Kurt Vonnegut, and I haven't read any of his stuff since I was in university. So I've been going through them. And I just finished Cat's Cradle, which is one of his most famous, probably Slaughterhouse-Five is the most well-known, but this one is up there as well. So my thing of the week is Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. And to talk about it, I'm not really going to tell you what the book's about. Okay. I'm going to tell you like a couple of scenes that I really liked and things that were in the book that were interesting to me. And if those things are interesting to you, you will probably like this book but you won't be spoiled by any of the things I'm going to say.
0: So if you like cats.
1: Oh yeah, so like a cat's cradle. Do you know what a cat's cradle is?
0: Isn't that the like string game?
1: Yeah, but if you look at it, no damn cat, no damn cradle. Oh. It's just a harmless truth we all agree upon that isn't actually reality.
0: Like Starbucks.
1: Like like pumpkin spice being good. <laughs> there are good pumpkin spices. Yes, there is. For the first time last year, I tried something. You bought me a Starbucks pumpkin spice something.
0: And you had your first pumpkin spice latte, and you were not a fan.
1: No, I thought it was pretty bad.
0: Oh, well, I loved it. (laughs) I
1: could see more creamy things going well with pumpkin Mm -hmm. spice. Like their chas or one of the chai tea lattes. That could be pumpkin spice much more effectively than coffee, I think.
0: Yeah, but it's such a good flavor by itself.
1: So's coffee. <laughs> I don't know. But again, I
0: feel like we're just gonna agree to disagree <laughs> on this one forever. <laughs>
1: Back to Cat's Cradle. It's described as a satirical postmodern novel with science fiction elements, and it's largely allegorical. And it has a lot to do with uh, the purpose of religion. It touches on the arms race. And one little fun thing was that Kurt Vonnegut was trying to get his master's from the University of Chicago back in 1947, and he got turned down. They said, no, this is junk. And uh, many years later, he wrote Cat's Cradle, and the University of Chicago just took it upon themselves to accept that as his thesis and gave him his master's in
0: 1971. Wow. Yeah,
1: but he was uh, grumpy with them by then. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. I read one review that I really liked about Cat's Cradle, and uh, Theodore Sturgeon, who is a critic and a novelist, and I think he wrote a lot of Star Trek also himself, <laughs> uh, he said that this book is appalling, hilarious, shocking, and infuriating. He said that this is the most annoying book, and you must read it. And you better take it lightly, because if you don't, you'll go off weeping and shoot yourself. <laughs> So that's that's a pretty uh, strong statement and I really wow.
0: like it. Wow. I don't even know what to think.
1: So the average chapter in this is about like 2 or 3 pages and they all have titles that are exactly what happens in that chapter. Oh. So you could read the table of contents and it's effectively like a summary of the novel really.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, one thing I really like is there's a religion in the book and it's not really the central plot of it, but it it reflects a lot of the central themes. And the religion is called Bokanonism because it is invented by a man named Bokanon or Bokonin, perhaps. I don't really know. No. Something like that. But I'd like to read you uh, from the book of Bokanon. Okay. Verse one, book one, is all of the true things that I'm about to tell you are shameless lies. Hm. And I love that. All the true things I'm about to tell you are shameless lies. Wow. And verses two through five are about the uh, about genesis about their creation story and it says in the beginning god created the earth and he looked upon it in his cosmic loneliness and god said let us make living creatures out of mud so the mud can see what we have done and god created every living creature that now moveth and one was man mud as man alone could speak God leaned close as mud as man sat up, looked around and spoke. Man blinked. What is the purpose of all this? He asked politely. Everything must have a purpose, asked God. Certainly, said man. Then I leave it to you to think of one for all this, said God. And he went away. Amen. Oh, man. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, I, I like love that. I love that so much because that's the idea we all have of, uh, what's, what's the meaning of life, Samantha? Starbucks maybe cheerleading
0: perhaps glitter
1: probably yeah but everyone kind of we talk about that a lot and people talk about like oh when you die you'll find out the meaning of life and everything's a search for the meaning of life but why does it have to have meaning yeah like i think it's silly that so many people think that i look for meaning too hard in a movie when a group of people clearly made the movie to convey some sort of meaning that's what it is for maybe their meaning is lost on me or I'm seeing meanings that is not there, but there is meaning in art. That's what it's there for. Right. But why does life have to have a meaning? Hmm.
0: This is very deep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about it before, how I think I'm kind of a nihilist, but not like the dark kind.
0: The hardcore kind? Yeah,
1: I'm like, nothing matters. So like, you know, have fun.
0: You're a light nihilist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it talks a lot about that kind of stuff. There's a lot of... uh, Criticism of nihilism in this. uh So let's go on. I think it's verse seven, book one. Is live by the foma that make you brave and kind and healthy and happy. Some day, some day, this crazy world will have to end. There's a lot of uh, specific bocanonis words. Foma are harmless untruths. So little lies that we all tell each other to kind of make things easier on us. Wow and a carass is a group of people who are linked in a cosmically significant manner even when superficial linkages are not evident <laughs> so people who are like-minded to you but there are also like false carasses, which is called a grand balloon. so it's a group of people who imagine that they have a connection but it does not actually exist and the example in the book are hoosiers people from indiana they think like oh we're all the same we're from indiana and they try to like make that a thing right. but that doesn't make you the same you're no. just born in the same place yeah
0: huh it sounds like a very cool book
1: one of my favorite books of uh the books of or is the 14th book because it has a long title and there's only one verse in it so the title of the 14th book of Bokanon is what can a thoughtful man hope for mankind on earth given the experience of the past million years and the only verse in it is nothing no. <laughs> and I like that too it's just it's funny I know it's funny to people like me and it's probably annoying to uh, many others <laughs> and I like that a lot of the characters in this book live with intentional self-delusion that's always like a funny thing to me when people trick themselves into believing something so much that they then believe it and that right. becomes their identity yeah there's a lot of that in this
0: is that like when people want to believe in something so badly that they're like believing in it yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Isn't that like cults? and?
1: There you go. Yeah. That would be a grand falloon. a cult, probably.
0: Oh, I get it.
1: And there's a part where, because um, like, of course, given the stuff I've already talked about, someone on an airplane is talking about the meaning of life or something. And somebody overhears and says like, oh, I thought they figured that out. I read it in the paper. And then someone goes, like, oh, you read it in the paper? What's the meaning of life? And they say, like, oh, um, like, proteins, I think? <laughs> and then the other person said, like, oh, yeah, 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 I read that. The meaning of life is proteins. Yeah. All right? That just seems like a conversation that I would overhear on a bus.
0: Sometimes I do that to my athletes.
1: How do you mean? You tell them the meaning of life is...
0: No, like, not the meaning of life, but, like, other things where you, like, Sometimes they just like mimic what you're saying mm-hmm. and like agree with you like that. Yeah, and so you just like throw some false information in there. Like, oh yeah, the there's like uh, the president of cheerleading said this, and they're like, oh yeah, I know, I saw that. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, the president. Yeah, of the cheerleading. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no president <laughs> of cheerleading.
1: <laughs> they also talked a little bit about why Westerners go to resorts because they feel the need to be like loved everywhere i think this is more american than all western civilization but they feel like we are the greatest and we should be loved everywhere and then they go places and people don't like them right so they're like and it really conflicts with the your way of thinking right yeah so they go to resorts so you go to a foreign place but everyone acts like they love you because they're being paid to yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's the same thing about people hitting on waitresses. Cause like, oh, she was so nice to me, though. was like, yeah, that's her job. Yeah, no,
0: it's literally my job just to smile at you.
1: <laughs> and uh, this is one part that has to do with nihilism that I thought was really funny. So somebody is painting something, which I don't want to give away because that's kind of important. But to them, it's like a treatise on nihilism and meaninglessness. And they're painting this thing. And then this other character comes up to them. And they're like a good and nice person throughout this book. And they go over and they just contemplate it for a while and they look at it and then they pick it up and they throw it off the balcony and what? into the river below. And they're like, yeah, I get it. That was about nothingness and it's meaningless and your painting is meaningless. What? And I like that because you can't talk about nihilism truly, I think, right? Because if your conceit is that everything is meaningless, your conversation about nihilism is utterly meaningless huh. right and then i think that's kind of what they're saying there i might be reading into it too much but i think that's what that means and uh there's a doctor who's only in it for a little bit and it's revealed that they used to be an ss scientist uh, working for the nazis that is oh and there's a line about like oh yeah if he's really changed his ways he's if he keeps this up he's gonna save as many as he killed by the year 3022 <laughs> And it's meant like it's deadpan, but it's it's pretty funny because, yeah. and we, of course, uh, not we, the Americans did bring a lot of Nazis over and uh, let them be free if they just gave their technology to them. Hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't have gone to the moon without the Nazis. Or not at that time, at least.
0: Gross. Yeah,
1: there's a, a lot of Nazi stuff in American history. They kind of love the Nazis. Well, that's not such a stretch because they currently love Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Operation Paperclip. What? That's just about bringing Nazis to America. Oh, okay. To give them jobs.
0: I thought you meant like it was a current thing.
1: Now it's about getting them in elected to office. Ugh. But I digress. I'll maybe talk about one last thing. And uh, both the books of Bocanon and the main plot has to deal with what they call dynamic tension. And there it's something that's taken from Charles Atlas, who was like a, a bodybuilder type guy who used springs. And like using your body weight against itself. And he called oh, that dynamic tension. Yeah. And that's how you build muscles. But in this, it's the idea that forces need to be pitted against each other to maintain some sort of balance. And that is very prescient today. Oh, I guess it's always very prescient that we need like a common enemy. If everybody believes, like, oh, it's the immigrants' fault, right? And mm-hmm. then you don't argue about all the other things. You don't realize that your government is doing something to you or it's the capitalist society that you're in that is keeping you unemployed. You just blame someone else. right? And a lot of the book has to do with that. And breaking down very clearly, there's things that are made just to make people angry and to great advantage for them. Oh. And it's a thing we do here a lot as well. Like Albertans love to blame... uh Somebody else, like, they canceled the pipeline, so that's why I don't have a job. And you're like, that's not actually what happened at all. But everyone loves to blame somebody else, and then you're all on the same team, right? Exactly. It's the same reason you cheer for your hometown sports team and um, also why racism is, you know, so fun.
0: I don't think racism is fun. (laughs) Well,
1: I think for for racists, I think it is. I think
0: racism is fun for racists. Yeah but not for everyone else.
1: No, no. But most things are fun for the people participating, but not the others. So that's my really roundabout recommendation for Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. It's a great novel. I think it's a pretty easy read. And the main plot itself, which I didn't even discuss at all, but is very interesting, very fun. And it is funny. It's Dark for sure, but it is a really funny book. So check out Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut, which is available everywhere.
0: I think I've seen all of his books everywhere. Yeah,
1: there's one on the table right now. Two on the table right now. <laughs> I'm onto the short stories currently.
0: Ah, uh, that's what I was looking at.
1: All right. Well, Samantha, what's your thing of the week?
0: Well, before I get on to my thing of the week, I thought I should talk about our first sponsor of the episode. Uh, We are sponsored this week by Alberta Treasury Branch. ATB was built to help Alberta businesses from CEBA applications to lending information, debt consolidation, loans, or deferrals. Whatever your business is facing right now, ATB is there to help with expert advice. And with today's economy top of mind in business, stay up to date with the Future Of podcast hosted by ATB's chief economist, Todd Hirsch. To learn more, visit ATB.com. Okay, well, this week I am doing something that you've been asking me to do for a couple of weeks now. Um, what have I been watching, Indy?
1: Oh, that stupid boat show. <laughs>
0: Um, I have been watching the 2013 uh, boat show called Below Deck, which is a reality television series from Bravo that uh, chronicles the lives of crew members who work and reside aboard a super yacht during a charter season, which is about six weeks. It chronicles the crew as they deal with their personal issues in order to make their professional careers work.
1: I almost take issue with your use of the word chronicle. That seems so, so much grander than the bits of the show I've seen. Because every time I've come in and you're watching it, people are drunk and like hitting on each other. And that's it. (laughs)
0: It chronicles their idiocy.
1: Oh, well that that I Am I allowed
0: it. to use the word chronicle? In, in that context, I think so, yeah. <laughs> um so there are eight seasons in total of this. I am on season seven currently. And it's just dumb and I kinda like it because it's dumb.
1: How many episodes per season are there around um,
0: huge sh- so there's 122 episodes in total.
1: Oh. Th- and they're like hour long episodes?
0: Uh like 45 minutes,
1: yeah. So you are probably uh, over 100 in. Yeah. And tell the good people out there how long has it taken you to watch <laughs> these 100 or so episodes?
0: Like 6 weeks? <laughs>
1: that's a that's a lot of below deck. I
0: know. Um no, I uh I just needed something dumb and kind of mindless to watch in the background. And uh, I'm kind of like into the character, like the people who are on this show now, because there's ones that return every season. Mm -hmm. So then you start to follow people. And I probably wouldn't have watched this show for seven seasons if it didn't, if it had like a different cast every time, because it's not that interesting.
1: But now they're all your friends. Now
0: they're all people I know from television.
1: Do you like them?
0: not really hmm. it's more of a like love to hate thing i think so Is it... it's like i sit there and watch and i'm like this is dumb but it's kind of entertaining
1: because i see the appeal of watching those types of shows that you hate with someone mm-hmm. but if i were by myself and i actually hated the people on there I would just hate them. And you don't have, like, the comedic release to, like, make fun of them with someone else. But you still find that you can just yeah be like, look at this dummy, and you... It's fun.
0: And I'm not, like... This is definitely, like, a background show. I'm not sitting there watching it and not doing anything else. Usually I'm, like, cross-stitching or, like, playing on my phone or I'm doing something. Um, Like, I'm watching it on my lunch break at work and I'm doing other things on my computer or something. So I'm not, like... Full 100 percent focus.
1: You don't have to temper your love no, no, of Below no, Deck so much. <laughs> be be proud of your love of. I don't. I was trying to gonna make reference to something that happens on the show, but all I've seen is like drunk people falling around a lot. <laughs>
0: you only see you only come in in the episode, and it's amazing between charters. Like you never see them working. You only ever see them drunk at the bar.
1: I did see them working, and then it was. Uh, customers being drunk and falling around yeah so i did see that and then they like ate food off of like naked bodies and stuff. yes
0: you did see that episode yeah. yeah um often the deckhands who are tanned muscle men are usually uh like asked to be scantily clad when there are groups of women on the boat yeah so that that does happen a lot but um i also found it really interesting the uh, kind of intricacy of just like running of just like running a boat Mm -hmm. like these yachts are huge there's like eight there's 11 crew members on the boat and then there's also like room for up to 10 people to be like guests on the boat so it's just like a crazy amount of people all in one space
1: we should get one of those do you
0: have like 70 million dollars
1: no so
0: we can't get one then ah they are extremely expensive, and part of the fun of watching is kind of critiquing what they're doing and then trying to guess how much of a tip they're going to get at the end. Because sometimes things go wrong, or sometimes guests are really picky, and then it's anywhere from like $11,000 to $20,000. The tip. It's yeah. quite a tip. Yeah. Oh, and there's
1: Richie's on it. It's all rich people. Oh, that makes sense. I you never, do love shows with rich people.
0: I never like the guests. That's the funny part. They're hmm. they're
1: all bad. But it seems like the crew is also bad. Yeah. So everyone's bad.
0: I like the crew more than I like the guests. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for something dumb to watch uh, and you're looking for something that is long and has <laughs> lots of episodes to watch uh go find below deck it is on the hey you channel on prime video in canada and i think hey you has its own app as well so you can get that and uh watch as much as you can during the 30-day free trial
1: and did you get hey you just for this show
0: No, I got it for the true crime stuff. And then...
1: Oh, and then you found the show. And then it
0: sucked, all the true crime stuff. Yeah, I
1: browsed through that channel. It looks like garbage. It's
0: not like B-list true crime. It's like G-list true crime. It was so bad. I tried to watch a whole bunch of it and it was just poorly filmed, and it's some of It's just
1: fear-mongering for housewives is yes, all of the ones that I saw. Yeah,
0: it wasn't even, like, interesting, oh, this is how we solved the case. It's just, like, white men patting themselves on the back for, like, being around murder.
1: Yeah, and it's just, like, hey, are you beautiful and white and at home right now? Someone could murder you! So much
0: murder all the time, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, so I wouldn't recommend Hey You for the true crime, but uh, the boat content is quality.
1: <laughs> good quality boat content yeah i've tried to watch it with you a couple of times and you'd think i would make fun of it but i did it i sat there in silence looking really and you would disappointed look, you just would look at me and be like fine i'll change it and i was like i didn't say anything but you just looked so
0: disappointed in me no
1: i think what i was was um agog My mouth was open and I was in disbelief often of what I was seeing.
0: You just looked really disappointed in me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You may have taken that as just, I was disappointed in them. They were behaving uh, not so well. Because every time I would come in, it would be like a woman would walk on and then some dude would be like, yeah, I'll banger. (laughs) No, not that one though. I have standards, bro. It was a lot of that kind of stuff, which. Very true. I didn't care for as much. But are you sad now that your journey below deck is soon to come to an end? Well,
0: there's below deck Mediterranean. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know that I'm going to watch it. I think you might. I don't think I will. We'll see.
1: All right. Let's take this time to thank our second sponsor for the day. And that is the Edmonton Community Foundation. And the Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. Mm-hmm. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. They've also conducted an annual checkup in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing, and this year's focus is on millennials. Yeah, that's us! Yeah. Because we're broke, all of us millennials, right? True. But if you want to find out more, you can learn more at ecfoundation.org.
0: Sounds cool. How do we get that great, great money?
1: Well, you have to go to the website. I just told you. Come on. You had to pay attention. Um, We started an endowment fund,
0: and when it reaches $10,000, I can start paying out. I don't have $10,000.
1: Well, you have to get your friends together, and you go to the website.
0: So my friends give me money. Hopefully. Yeah, let's see if we can work it like that. <laughs> okay, perfect.
1: <laughs> well, I think we are ready to reveal the movie for next week.
0: Ooh.
1: That was pretty good. Again, spooky. Ooh. So we're not quite at Halloween, but for all of October, or Spooktober, as it's mm-hmm. not around here, we'll be doing all spooky stuff for all four episodes of that month. Spooky. And Halloween. I'm thinking I might as well start a little early. I'm oh, not no, going to we... go full horror. Not yet. That's for Halloween. But just a little spooky. Warm up spooky. Warm up spooky. Oh. This is warming up for the spooky season. Okay. Because this movie, such a staple. I almost didn't even think about it to put it on the show because it's just a movie that I thought everybody knows and it's p- part of the uh, you know cultural zeitgeist. And that movie is Beetlejuice. My Little Juice. Pony. Oh. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice.
0: Beetlejuice. <laughs> What happened?
1: Well, yeah, you don't know. Have you? So, you've never seen Beetlejuice? I don't think so. That was surprising to me, but then I think about it, and it is older than I think it is Mm. because it came out in 1988. It's a comedy, but it has kind of spooky elements and fantasy elements to it. And it's a part two of our When Tim Burton Was Good series. (laughs) Okay. We did Edward Scissorhands quite a while ago, right? And you enjoyed that.
0: I like that, yeah.
1: So that was a movie that had kind of horror fantasy elements and still somewhat grounded in reality, but it's a different reality than we see every day. It's very stylized, mm-hmm. and that's what Beetlejuice definitely has in common with that one. So it was a really successful movie when it came out because hmm. it had a budget of fifteen million and made about. 80 million on that oh wow so for 88 that was a really good haul so here are some people who are in it a bunch of people that we love first michael keaton Mm -hmm. what's your feelings on batman yeah yeah the original batman to me i guess you know adam west and stuff but to me
0: i feel like adam west is my batman but
1: i loved michael keaton when i was a kid which seems now like that would be an odd choice for a child to love, but he was Beetlejuice and <laughs> Batman, so of course I love him. Yeah. Uh, someone you might be familiar with, Catherine O'Hara.
0: Oh, love her. Moira Rose.
1: Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who don't you probably don't know, know the name and then is. you'll see him and you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy's in everything. <laughs> yeah. Winona Ryder.
0: Yes, familiar. Alec Baldwin. Also familiar.
1: And one of this podcast's favorites, Gina Davis.
0: Oh, So
1: great cast.
0: That is a very good cast. Yeah.
1: Tim Burton at the time, great director. You got Danny Elfman doing the score, fantastic composer, great soundtrack too. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know, four when this movie came out. (laughs) So I must not have seen it in a theater because also my family didn't really go to movies in theaters. Yeah. Not often at all. So I don't know when I've seen it, but it feels like I've always seen it. I don't remember a time where I wasn't familiar with Beetlejuice, hmm. but I feel like it must have had some sort of impact on me because I started making little movies with a handy cam when I was probably around six, seven years old, mm-hmm. and they were all comedies with horror elements. Right. And I always think of that as such a genre, but when you think about it, there's not many movies like that. No, that's true. But everything I made was like that, and still things that we make like more recently- Horror comedy. Wow. So I think Beetlejuice probably had a bigger effect on me than I realized. I have dressed as Beetlejuice for Halloween, and I still have my Beetlejuice costume. We could do that again. You could be Lydia.
0: I'll know who that is next week.
1: Lydia Dietz, Winona (laughs) Ryder, all gothed up.
0: Oh, I've seen her bangs. She has really weird bangs. Like the pointy bangs? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with some of the costuming and overall Mm. style, because like in Edward Scissorhands, it's not quite our world. Everything is heightened. Mm -hmm. So their costumes, the sets, everything reflects that. And it's a lot of, it's a fun movie. Hmm. So I think some parts you might just be like, huh, that was weird. (laughs) But this was a time where you could do that. It doesn't seem like something that could happen today to have a really well-known cast, a really well-known director, and then just doing something very weird. You don't get that very often anymore.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's usually bad, not
1: weird. Right. You can do you can do bad and you can do cookie cutter. Yeah. But strange movies are hard to come by. Well, I shouldn't say that because there is a, a great resurgence in independent film, but for a established studio and director and cast... You don't get a lot of very strange things out of them. So I love that, at the time, Tim Burton was doing a good bit of that.
0: Wow, you're really selling me on this movie.
1: It, you sounded a little sarcastic, No, you mean it. <laughs> that's
0: the exhaustion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you are legitimately selling me on this movie, and I'm kind of excited to watch it now.
1: I think it'll be fun. Let's watch a little trailer. Okay. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure... Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use uh, a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah, You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Ah! Now, the party's over.
0: You want somebody out of the house? I
1: want to get somebody out of here. house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. <laughs> Learn to throw your voice, pull your friends, fun and party. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah,
0: this is amazing.
1: You want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come,
0: baby. He's guaranteed to put some life... Attention,
1: keyboard shoppers. ...in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. And the ghost with the most, babe. Wow, I was trying not to tell much about the plot, and then the trailer just tells you everything, so...
0: Well, I'm excited to watch that. How's it look to you? It looks fun. Wacky.
1: That looked real wacky.
0: Is it that wacky?
1: I don't think it's that wacky. It's more weird than wacky. Okay. Which I think there's a distinction of. Because that seemed like,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And it was just like lots of, I'm making like flashy hand motions while I do that but it just seemed like really all over the place and in your face yes
1: I think that is definitely toned down I think all the wackiness is in that trailer so you do have wackiness but you have that two minutes spread out over 90 minutes
0: okay so it's not 90 minutes of like blah.
1: no not at all or wait I hope not I don't think so (laughs) I don't think so it has been some time since I've seen it I did see it in theaters about six years ago. Okay. I think for Halloween, they played it at uh, an IMAX theater. So I went to see that.
0: That's fun. I like when the IMAX theater plays like older movies. Mm-hmm. That's fun.
1: Because, yeah, they're usually better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's going to be good. And you know it's going to be good. Because <laughs> it's Beetlejuice.
0: And it's it's a fun time.
1: It was. Yeah, so I think it's less wacky and more strange and bizarre, and it's a lot of it is much quieter than that trailer.
0: Yeah, that was loud it too. Was, it was all it over was the like place. It was like ninety minutes of screaming, I assume.
1: I think a lot of those like boing, sound effects and stuff that are all wacky that are were they in, the trailer, just in the
0: trailer. I'm not
1: sure that they're in the movie.
0: Okay, well, but we'll have we'll, to see. Yeah,
1: either way, it's uh, a fun movie little bit of wackiness a lot of strangeness it's a movie that when i was a kid we thought like that's a kid's movie because it's not too scary today no you can't show it to kids because it's too scary no but it was it was a different time in the early 90s
0: kids were wilder
1: we were look at all the 80s movies about kids they are up to no good they're really obsessed with sex even if they're like eight years old yes and they're like peeping Toms and they're going on pirate ships and there's no parents around. It sounds fun. It was it was pretty good. That was not
0: my experience, but. I only went
1: on like one pirate ship though, but I never peeped on anyone. So oh. was I really an 80s kid? Not really. I guess I was 90s. <laughs> you were a 90s kid with yeah. me. Well, uh, Beetlejuice is pretty easy to find. Most of the major platforms have it available for rent. Or if you have Netflix, you can watch it for free. Yes.
0: Um, I am excited to watch this one, and like you said, it's a good warm-up to Halloween movie, it looks like. Just a little spooky. Just a little spooky. Are you going full horror for October?
1: I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet.
0: Am I going to cry? No guarantees. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) It's like every day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: true. That's uh, that's a good way to look at things. Every day, there's no guarantee if you're going to cry or not. That's how I wake up every morning, I think. Am I going to cry today? Hmm. No guarantees. (laughs) No guarantees.
0: Well, on that bright note, we'll see you next week back here when Indy and I discuss 1988's Beetlejuice.
1: Don't say it twice more. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Okay, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye.
1: Bye, everyone. You can start an endowment. You can start an an endowment, an an endowment, an endowment. That's it.